we welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. And I'm Otis Clark, the minister of the church. And we appreciate you listening and sharing and being a part of it. Uh, doing just a little bit of reviewing that for the last number of weeks, I have been talking about some very uh, important subject in that uh, it had to do with helping us to understand our identity, uh, seeking to understand such things as who are we? Well, we talked a whole lot about that in the first of our series, and we know amongst the many things that we are when we become a child of God is that uh, we are uh, Christians, that we are uh, children of God. Then we talked about purpose, and uh, we made the remark, I'm sure, a number of times that there is no one who can help us to understand better our purpose than uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, last week, we talked about heaven, and we know that heaven is a, pl- a, p- a place prepared for those who are prepared, and how important it is to be prepared to meet our Lord. Today, we're going to talk about the subject of grief. You know, as uh, we look at where we are today, October 24th, 2021, is uh, it has been a year of many, many happenings, and even the year before that, 2020, has been a year of many, many happenings. And we know that one of the big things that has occupied the minds of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people has been the pandemic, has been COVID-D, the uh, the COVID virus. So, uh, uh, when we stop back, we're getting very close to closing out another year. The next Sunday is the last Sunday in October, and uh, and then uh, then we move right on into Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I mentioned that because uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to start looking back over the year, not only this year of 2021, but also of 2020, and uh, millions of people. Uh, we'll be dealing with a grieving heart, a grieving soul, grieving mind. And, uh, and needless to say, just like anyone, when we lose someone or maybe even many, we grieve. And uh, what do we need to understand about grief? What has God said in his word about grief? And we know that uh, certainly our Lord cares. And, uh, and so uh, let's read, if you will, in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, And I will start with uh, verse 1, if you will, uh, listen to the word of the Lord. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. These, uh, this particular chapter, the third chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, is filled with a lot of 
provoking and, uh, and challenging scriptures. Uh, it seems to be that as we read the book of Ecclesiastes with all of the happenings of life and so forth, that one of the biggest challenges to a Christian is to try to ascertain a balance with life. Don't let life get out of perspective, out of balance. And certainly perspective is very many, uh, is very important. The first thing that I want us to notice this morning as we talk about grief, we need to understand that grief is natural. The writer of Ecclesiastes said, and we read it a while ago in verse 4, a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance. You know, friends, as again, as we look back over 2021, Many and many and many and many and many and many a person has shared in much, much grief, much, much loss. You think about all of the people who have died with the pandemic. And then you think about all the people who have died from other diseases and other problems and so forth. And uh, we easily see that uh, uh, there has to have been and still is a powerful, powerful lot of grieving. And uh, we know that as we study the holy book, uh, that uh, uh, just as he said, the ecclesiastical writer said, just there's a time to be born and a time to die. And hopefully for the most part, when people, a little one comes into the world, is that we, and is born, that is a very jubilant time. And equally, uh, as ironic as it may seem, there can be happiness and comfort even when one leaves this world. The first thing that I want us to notice, and the ecclesiastical writer addresses this and says that grief is normal and uh, it's a part of life. I heard a minister sharing some years ago when I was attending a memorial service and he said to the family, and I wrote it down because I thought it was so powerful, he said to them, I want to encourage you to embrace your faith because he knew uh, that exactly all the blessings that could come and all the comfort that could come, all the help that could come by, for an individual to embrace their faith. And But he said also equally, I want to encourage you to embrace your grief. Now, so we see from the ecclesiastical writer this particular point that there's a time uh, to weep and a time to laugh is that uh, uh, grieving and weeping and, and crying is there is nothing wrong with that at all that uh, this is really a natural part uh, of the whole process and thinking about grieving and dealing with uh, uh, the grief and heartache we have in our hearts and so probably through the years you all have heard these particular points I'm going to mention um, I had the privilege of attending with a member of the Danville Church uh, at Center College and, and it was a course being taught by Dr. Mounts and it, it was a course on counseling death and dying and talking about helping people with grief and you know uh, I don't want to take it out of context but Paul in writing to the church he said bear you one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ and just as we help people there's someone who needs to be fed 
we seek to help them. Someone needs clothing, we seek to help them. And so it is also that when we have a grieving brother, grieving sister, grieving family member, whatever the case might be, is that we have a responsibility to try to help them in every way that we can. And so when we think about um, this thing of grief, um, this probably would come from the psych- psychology viewpoint, but what we need to understand is that uh, as we list these, that we can see that to put them in perspective is uh, made possible by the teachings of the Holy Bible. Someone has said, and I think said very aptly, I'm going to mention five things that usually we experience when uh, uh, we go through grief. Now, sometimes some people start at the top and go all the way down. Sometimes people start at the bottom and go up the top. Sometimes they start in the middle. But generally speaking, these are the five steps uh, of grieving. And we're going to go back and elaborate on each one. Number one is, first of all, is denial. The second one is anger. The third one is uh, bargaining with God. Lord, I'll do this if you will do this. And also depression is one of the cycles that uh, things that happen a lot of times when someone loses a loved one and then acceptance and uh, so I want to walk back through here and uh, and I've had needless to say many and many a memorial service and I have through the years sought to do my very best in comforting and sharing things with people at the right time that can help them with their grieving uh, I heard one time about this particular individual and the individual had lost a son and uh, uh, they also had two children remaining and so someone said to her well you know we're just so so sorry about the death where our hearts are with you our prayers are with you we just hate it so badly and but at least you have two other children well that's not a good way to help someone with grieving they're fully mindful that they've got two other children living and hopefully who will be a blessing to them. The point was right then and there, and what probably would be for all ages, is that I have lost a child. That's what's important to understand. I have lost a child. And what we want to do as Christians is to pray for direction, to pray for uh, uh, a lot of good common sense so that, that we can help uh, uh, those who have have uh, lost loved ones. I have found in the ministry that many times uh, is um, uh, that when I go initially, certainly when just something happens or someone has passed away, uh, is that oftentimes I will just hug them and tell them I love you, that I am sorry, but not seek to give any heavy explanation or any heavy comments because needless to say, at that point in time, they are not ready for those things particular things. Now let's go back to these five things that I said that they submit that we go through when we lose a loved one, and that is um, denial. And uh, uh, I remember in our first ministry, one of the saddest funerals that I had was for a young man who uh, 
had gone to Vietnam and he was killed by our own boys in the Vietnam War. Uh, he had come in at a point in time uh, while he was serving in Vietnam and, and I had the wedding for him, for his wife and him. And, uh, and then uh, not super, super long after that, we learned that uh, he had been killed by our own boys. I never will forget when they brought the body back to the community funeral home and they brought the family and the wife, et cetera. And of course, we had no question that uh, uh, because of all the papers and all the things that would accompany his body, verified, you know, what his name was. But when his wife first saw him, uh, she said, that's not my husband. She said, that's not him. Uh, That's not him. And it took a long, long time to get her to understand. And, you know, whether part of it was denial, I don't know. And uh, but uh, uh, it could very well have been that she was in denial that he had actually been killed by our own boys in uh, Vietnam. So uh, when you think about what the Lord would say to us in this setting is uh, I think maybe we as ministers and church leaders and all really have not taught enough about heaven and taught people about the hope that we have in Christ because when these terrible th- when terrible things happen one of the most important things that we pray for is that we can get a healthy perspective of the situation and the Bible can certainly help us uh, uh, in that particular thing in that we are told you know that this world is not our home and uh, we're just passing through and uh, people don't understand that that we're just here for a very, very short period of time as opposed to eternity. But certainly like in sharing about the denial and, and all of that, it, it can be a great blessing. I like this this particular situation. He had died serving our country, and we know that no greater uh, thing can a man do than to lay down his life for his fellow man. And uh, you see, that helps to get a better perspective and maybe helps you to embrace a little bit of the denial that a lot, a lot of people experience. And then we said the second step was anger in all of us. I never will forget in my ministry at the Danville Church here in Kentucky that uh, I was called to the home of a very, very fine man and his wife and uh, and their daughter, who was a student at Eastern Kentucky University, uh, that uh, uh, she had gotten killed in an auto- automobile accident. And uh, I know that uh, when I went to their home, one of the first questions she asked, Otis, what in the world have I done to deserve all of this. She had lost a husband. Uh, He was riding a motorcycle involved in a motorcycle accident and was killed. And so this was the second time that she was having to really, really deal with some astronomically heavy, heavy things. And so we talked and uh, maybe from her standpoint, I'm sure that as time went along, if it were not right there on the front end, that there would have been anger. Why, Lord? Why, why, why uh, did you let this happen uh, to me? 
see the Bible can help us with this is that uh, even though these bad things are happening is that and I'm paraphrasing that it says to anger uh, but also to uh, make sure that anger and sin not is that we do not let it get out for like a better uh, out of proportion because what it might lead us to do and what might be the ramifications of all the happenings and so anger is it's okay but we want to make sure that it is kept in check and does not get out of hand and uh and then there's another thing that we mentioned a while ago. The third step is bargaining with God. Is uh, many times that, and maybe you have seen people who have done this. Maybe you've done it yourself. You have said, Lord, if if you will just do this, if you will just do this, if you'll just do this, I will do this for you. And bargaining uh, for uh, uh a particular approach whereby that uh, maybe the loved one would not die or uh, and and be have that terrible loss and so uh, what we need to realize there is that uh, we realize the importance of uh, finding strength uh, and realizing that the Lord will see us through these trials. See, again, we must keep in mind what it says in John 16: In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, you. Uh, so we will overcome. There will be a time, and uh, again, you know, I probably made this comment a number of times, and that is possibly all too often. Uh, we need to look at our lives, uh, and not all too often, more often than we do, look at our lives and see that uh, maybe we're just a little bit too attached to this world. And so when that is the characteristic of the way we're living our lives, then we are probably much more apt uh, to maybe not really be prepared to deal with death uh, if uh, if it came to our home. I never will forget a number of years ago, I got a call here in Danville for one of the funeral homes and I think it was two or three o'clock in the morning and he said he'd come by and pick me up the funeral director and I went to the home uh, of uh, this particular person who had been killed and I uh, I opened the door and went in we went and talked and shared the terrible terrible news that their child had been killed and uh, and the father immediately became became very very angry and understandably so it's a part of a part of it and and, uh, and so uh, uh, a very, very hard thing when we lose a child. I've heard people say, and you probably have too, that really there isn't anything more difficult than dealing with grief connected in the losing of a child. My wife years ago, along with uh, Vicki, uh, nurse at the hospital, and Mr. Jimmy Preston, they started here in the community of Danville, the uh, Compassionate Friends. And this is uh, a particular help group uh, for people who have lost a child uh, early in life and very tragically. And I know one time I was speaking at Compassionate Friends and different ones were speaking. And I learned that one particular thing that happened, a grandmother was there and she was watching her grandbaby and it was in the baby crib and so forth. And some, somehow or another had gotten into the, uh, uh, the crib with a blanket in a precarious position and choked to death. And you talk about something hard. I know that if you're listening to this, you can say, my, oh my, oh my. The guilt and all that that particular grandmother uh, has had to embrace through the years of time. 
So also we need to understand not only do people bargain with God, uh, but uh, uh, we may, like I said ourselves, we may pray sometime or another, Lord, if you'll just spare this, if you'll just let this happen, if you'll let this happen, I promise, I promise, I promise. And that's only natural. But the Bible says in Isaiah 55, talking about God's ways are higher than our ways. And uh, they're just so much that we do not understand. And I, I don't think, uh, you know, that a lot of the things, well, not a lot of things, all of the things that are which are bad are connected with the work of Satan and, and the devil. And so uh, that's what happens in many, many situations. But God is there to help us. Also, another part of it is depression. Uh, depression is a tough, tough thing. And I'm just so pleased that people are being much more open about it. And uh, they will listen to the counsel of friends and listen to the counsel of uh, physicians and psychiatrists because there is tremendous help out there. And of course, the greatest of all is Jesus Christ. And so even with all of the help of the professionals, uh, that we need to realize that uh, prayer, and I know many times when people are highly depressed, that it's hard for them to pray. You know, they just say, I just don't have it within me. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's happening. I'm grieving. I'm grieving to the very marrow of my bones. And uh, but what we want to say, and I pray that God would give us wisdom of what to say and how to say it, is that when they hear such words as we read in the Bible, that he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll be with us right all the way through life. And then the fifth step is acceptance. And usually we stay here the longest. Uh, generally speaking, I've heard this said, that an individual needs to have, and I, I guess the common sense would help us here, is uh, uh, a relatively good handle uh, on death and grieving after a two-year period. If there is excessive grieving, if uh, there is still excessive mourning, then maybe there is a little help that needs to be given. But uh, as a whole, as far as acceptance, that we stay here the longest, is that after a period of two years, does not mean that in any way, any fashion, anything, that uh, they may, you know, uh, think less of their loved one, uh, less of the one who maybe died tragically, whatever it might be, but they just have a little bit more strength, a little bit more of that which is needed when dealing in grief. And so, uh, uh, those five steps, and it, uh, it may be as you're listening this, to this podcast, that uh, this past year that uh, you have had uh, uh, times when you have been grieving, grieving heavily. And, uh, and so if that's the case, like I said, my first point was is that grieving is normal. That's a, that is a part of life, and it's important to grieve. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then oftentimes there are these steps that we see we go through, and, and uh, we realize that, that we're in those and that we need to look into his word. And, uh, friends, that can help you so, so much. The, the promises uh, never leave you. Uh, he is my strength and my stronghold. Uh, he is my rock. He's the rock of ages. And uh, he knows our every need. And then the last thing we ask ourselves in dealing with grief, what should we do? 
friend, I, it's, I just can't encourage you enough that uh, if you are listening and you're dealing with grief or you know someone who's dealing heavily with grief, is maybe start out in reading the book of Psalms and, uh, and then, you know, try to maybe go to your room or wherever you want to go to and, and just pray and say, Lord, you know, I'm hurting so badly. I'm hurting so badly. And Jesus says that he is our, God says he is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And so uh, uh, there's a great verse, I'm sure all of you are mindful of it, in First Peter, the fifth chapter, in verse 17, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Uh, those are beautiful, beautiful words to our ears. As long as we live in this mortal body, as long as we live on the face of this earth, we're going to have trouble. But what we do know when we have these deep, deep valleys, when we have these very difficult times, is that we can go to our Lord and excuse me, and ask for strength, ask for help, ask for grace, ask for mercy, ask for perspective, and on and on I could go. Cast all your cares upon him. Uh, for he cares for you. In the Corinthian letter, uh, it's just so profound that I can't tell you the times that I make reference to this and trying to help people with grief. And that is in Paul's letter to the second, in Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. And allow me, if you will, just to read a couple of verses what Paul says uh, in uh, the fifth chapter of the book of Second Corinthians. Uh, Paul said, therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say, and will prefer to be away from the body and to be at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And uh, in all the funerals I've had through the years, I found that it seems that I can detect a tremendous amount uh, of uh, comfort when I read these words. I'll often say, now listen to me. And this is what Paul says. And this is another translation of, this, of these verses where it says that we uh, are absent from the body, but present with the Lord. That's one of the big questions we have when we're grieving. When we're grieving and our heart is heavy, we're lonely and we're hurting, is uh, those words people can identify with so, so quickly. To be absent in the body is to be present with Christ. Friends, if I can help you in any way, um, my name's Otis Clark. My number's in the phone book. Uh, I'd be more than happy to help you uh, because I do believe uh, there is so much help from our Father. He cares. He cares when our hearts are lonely. He cares where you are in life. And there's no one, as a matter of fact, who cares as much as Jesus Christ. He cares for you. He cares for everyone. And he says, cast all your burdens upon me because I care about you. The Lord bless you. Let's go to our Father in prayer. I pray, Father, that you will bless uh, the words we have shared and help us to realize that no one 
cares more for us than Jesus Christ. We know that evil is everywhere and evil is of the devil and it is not of God. And as long as we live on the face of this earth, there are two tremendous wars that are going on. There's the carnal mind, there are the things of Satan, and then there is the spiritual mind and the things of Christ. Constantly, Satan is trying to pull us away, constantly trying to pull us this direction, that direction, and Jesus trying to help us to understand that he is the friend of all friends. And then we leave this world, that's where we want to go, is to be in the presence of Christ. Bless each one who is listening and has listened. And we just pray, Lord, that we'll do all that we can to be a blessing to others and a blessing to Christ. In his name we pray, amen.